we have not anticipated fans taking the entire can and upending it. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. My plan is to cry a lot and then no, I'm actually going to do well. Who am I kidding? I'm great. Thankfully, the Red Bulls decided to score some points. I personally am not trying to be a homer or anything, but uh, Joe Rallis. Portland shouldn't be on the playoffs this year because they can't get their act together. 11 mils sitting on your bench, just sitting there when you could invest it into any other position. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Mark Geiger School of Parkour, the Geiger School, whenever you want to learn how to fall down with style. No, uh, I mean, brought to you by MLS Fantasy Boss and the amazing subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. That's probably the best one we've had, Reed. That's probably the best one. I really do. That's a good one. I was trying to be be timely with that one. I thought it was good. Well done. Uh, I'm your host, Reed Connolly, a.k.a. Dashtar, from the MLS Fantasy Boss site and uh, from the Reddit forums. I'm also happy to say that uh, we're back to our usual 100% healthy, kind of, uh, group of, of hosts. So joining us tonight a little bit later is Simon, who is stuck in a phone call uh, about podcasting. So that's, that's ironic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Travis, Jay, and Guy, the MLS folk hero. Yo, what's then, up? Uh, Hello, <laughs> I'd also like to uh, welcome back our special guest, uh, Andrew. Hello, fellas. Hello. Hey. Howdy, howdy. Hello, well, friends. Well, let's, let's just start out again. Hello, everyone. <laughs> uh, let's do a quick recap of how our teams did last week and just what you guys thought about round three in general. I'll go ahead and start out for Simon. He enjoyed himself greatly, earning 84 points. Go, so Simon. Yeah, let's see here. I got 78 points. I did Captain Keen. I stuck to my my, my word, and uh, I nice I knew I, somewhere I wrote down that Jivinko couldn't score a goal every game for eight straight home or road games. So it was bound to happen eventually, and I took the right gamble. And uh, I'm I'm okay with 78. 80. Um... Captain uh, David Villa, that didn't work out too well for me, but uh, a calm not coming in got me the Reading clean sheet, so pretty stoked on that. Yeah, I also captained David Villa to not much effect. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, I also was not expecting a calm not to play, and I didn't have Reading to fall back on, so I wound up with. 61 points, so it wasn't a great round, especially after DC blew their clean sheet and I lost eight points. But uh, yeah, that sucked. Yeah, that sucked a lot. So yeah, I got 79 this week. I went with Valeria as my captain, number one fantasy bonus point producer in the game. Yes, um, doing work for me. So pretty happy with this week. Yeah, he yeah, got, so what, eight points with uh, with no assists or, or goals, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's kind yeah of he money. gets six attacking bonus points. That's crazy. I saw someone actually complaining about that on, on the Reddit forums about how they hated the new bonus point system, or just the new point system, I guess, because here are these players who aren't scoring and aren't getting assists, and they're getting all these attacking and defending bonuses, and I was very happy to see that nobody supported that opinion because that's amazing. That is rewarding a player for doing his job. Maybe he's not getting the production on in, on the goal sheet and the score sheet, but, I mean, he earned all those points. There is, there is no reason he should not be an awesome player like that. Yeah, healthy Valeri and at his price point should be in everybody's team. We've all been saying that since the get-go. Uh, I guess that leaves me, I guess I got the lowest one of the groups of here this time. I got 73 points after uh, I did a switcheroo, but it didn't really matter because Akam did not play, so uh, I got Parker and Vincent came into my team. Really happy to see Vonshitz actually do something this round. I don't know if that will secure his spot in my team. Uh, I guess I got to say the average points, if anyone's just concerned about their score, was 52, so... If you did better than that, you did well. Even with a 73, I got all green arrows this week. So um, it was a strange week for everyone. Like Jay, I also captained Via. So not not awesome. Uh, definitely not. I think on both sides, everyone expected Orlando to score a lot of more goals than they did as well. So that was just sort of a disappointing game at a whole. 
Yeah, yeah. Laren, Laren's been on fire. Guys yeah, are stuck. Yeah. yeah, those of us that captained Via were probably very happy to see Giovinco not yes. score as well. Definitely. Everyone had, had him. I miss. I know this part's in in the EPL fantasy game, and I think it might have been a few seasons ago in MLS as well. But I miss the screen that tells you the percentages of people who captained certain players. That that would be really fun to not have to scrape to find, but just to have MLS provide that stuff, just to see how many people are in this boat with us of of just fantasy sorrows. Yeah. All I right. Just yeah. to see sorrows. I think that's going to be my new team name. Ooh. <laughs> I like it. Or, or we, we could all, we could, yeah, we could all like make another Twitter. Uh, That's what I was just gonna say. Yep. <laughs> Twitter <laughs> hashtag. What a hurry before it gets taken. Yeah, true. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna do a little housekeeping before we get into our discussion tonight. Uh, first, the injury report. Now, when I last checked the updates, uh, the last update for injuries on the MLS website had not been updated since 3.18. So definitely go back and check that. A couple that I'll go ahead and mention that weren't on the list yet, or um, I guess the first one is, is Maidana. He's listed as a head injury. I don't know if that was categorized as a concussion. Do you know any more about that, Travis? Uh, yeah, he definitely had a concussion, or at least a, a head injury sure. in the uh, in the FC Dallas match, and he did not play at all in New York. So... Uh, I think he was listed as out for the right. New York match, um, but I haven't seen any timeline yet for when he's going to get back. And then the other one I saw, I, I don't know if this impacts a lot of people. I saw some people mentioning him before the round started, but uh, Gerard left pretty early with a leg injury. I think it was a calf injury, uh, so I don't know about a status on him. I, I'm still, I know Guy mentioned it earlier on in the year, there's so many big names at LA, it's hard to know who to go with right now. So I don't know if you've got Gerard, but there's a big name player, along with Lampard, who still aren't 100% for playing yet. But check the MLS injury reports to get all the latest updates. Like I said, at the time of this recording, it had not been updated. So just keep an eye on that. The same thing goes for the discipline report. There were a lot of crazy cards last week, and you're going to want to be up to date on that. But even more important are the call-ups. So... If you want to check the MLS website, there's a list at MLSsoccer.com. You can probably just search for MLS International Call-Ups. Or, if you want to save some time, head on over to r slash MLS, and Soccer Captains has posted a fantastic spreadsheet that is tracking all the call-ups, the player's name, of course, the international date, the team that they're playing for, as in if it's the U23s or the national team, and then uh, the MLS dates that they're probably going to miss for their game. So it's a fantastic spreadsheet, uh, possibly better than the one that MLS has, and so we'll definitely give a shout-out to uh, Soccer Captains for, for that one. So yeah, that's well excellent. Um, yeah, that's great. I, I think, um, didn't, we, didn't we all hear something that... Uh, the injury report was going to be updated after the round closes um, this weekend. Well, you are the <laughs> the king of keeping things on track and on time. So is that <laughs> as soon as everybody starts playing, we'll put the injury report out so uh, everybody's on an equal playing field. So it'll be a surprise who starts and who who doesn't. It is yeah. frustrating. It's it's probably one of the single things that they could change that would help. I don't know fantasy involvement or just interest but just help keep people up to date so they had more confidence, at least, that they could get that a better better result. Yeah, I, I got to get uh, burned by that this week. I made one free transfer, oh. brought in a calm, and then he sat on my bench the game. So yep. that was great. Yep. Yeah. Was that the one they said he was sick with, like, a stomach bug? Which was, like, which which team had the stomach bug just running through their team? Was that, that, that was RSL, dude. Was that Toronto? Yeah, that was Toronto. Well, RSL, I know... Uh, uh, Someone got. I think it was Javi got sick eating chicken on a plane or something like that. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Well, he ate it off the he ate it off the tray, or I mean, off the uh, off the floor. Uh, yeah, off the floor of the plane, <laughs> off the thing that uh, comes down on the back of the seats. Uh, what is it called? The tray uh, table. The tray yeah, table. Yeah. So, kind of weird, but Javi, what the heck, man? That's okay. He's not on my team. He's not a germaphobe, apparently. Yeah. No, I think Akam was a knee-related issue. Okay. Because I heard it was like two weeks, and then that's... he would miss his international call-up, but I, I don't know if that's still true. 
I've heard some conflicting things, but I I don't know if I'll go with him. I I play on the safe side. That's definitely a guy they're going to want to have at 100% before they bring him back. Yeah. So that's all the housekeeping. The last thing I'm going to say is I mentioned this last week before we get to our discussion is the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast now has a Patreon website, and basically that's a site where you can go and just help support our podcast by giving us some monthly donations so that we can help cover the fees that it costs for the show, and uh, with hope, depending on how many of you guys are interested in helping to support us, we'll be able to get some cool swag like uh, pint glasses with the MLSFI logo on it and some stickers and some other stuff depending on what we can do. So if you are interested, it is up now. It was still in the process of being made last week but you can head on over to Patreon. That's www.patreon.com slash MLSFI. So if you're interested, we'd really appreciate any support that you're willing to give us. And with every pint glass uh, bought, Guy will buy you and send you a bottle of Jack Daniels. So, <laughs> Oh, I'm not sure about that. Maybe a, a picture of him buying and drinking from a Jack Daniels. Well, I will say, if anybody wants to come have a drink with me, <laughs> I'm... I'm a fun guy to have a drink with. I'm not a mean drunk. We will we will laugh hysterically. <laughs> At someone's expense, no doubt. <laughs> probably somebody someone somebody may cry, but yeah. it'll be probably funny. Simon because the Sounders are 0-3. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. Kicking yeah, a man when we, he's down. We, uh, we fried some fish here. this weekend, so in, in <laughs> honor of Simon, I battered oh, some uh, flounder. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are harsh. You guys are so harsh. Well, it's fun when you can talk crap about someone that's not here to defend themselves. <laughs> I enjoy it. All right, well, let's move on to our discussion. So I went through a lot of the Reddit questions, and there were some really good ones, and with hope all of us will be able to go and respond individually to those questions. But I tried to boil some things down into what I thought were three of the most important issues that kept coming up, not just at Reddit, but just I've been seeing around Twitter and the community in general. So we'll just kick this off with, with you, Guy. You can be the first person to talk about this, and anybody else, feel free to chime in after that. So after all the crazy results that we've been seeing with the injuries, the upcoming international call-ups, uh, is now the time to wildcard. And we did this a little bit last week, but this is this has been some crazy stuff. And then uh, specifically, could you also talk about wildcards versus taking some minus four hits this round? Yeah, no. Um, <clears throat> this could be the time to wildcard if your team is in pretty bad shape. As if you probably if you went into this week in my opinion, having less than four double game week players between, you know, Dallas or, um, God, who else is it? Uh, Vancouver. Vancouver, Vancouver yeah, and DC. DC. Yeah. And I would, hey, let's, let's take it easy on New England. Let's pump the brakes there, pal. I was high on them last week and they did not come up to expectation. So they yeah. were down a man. They were down a man. But, you know, with, I mean, all the big stars for a lot of teams are moving out. So, May not be the best time to go ahead and uh, wild card because you're not going to be getting the you know the cream of the crop. So yeah, I think I think a negative four when you have four double game week uh, teams, you probably even go negative eight and still come out with a net positive. Um, if you're really far down the the scale, yeah, wild card and just get 11 double game week players and get as far back up the the rankings as you can. If you think you're in a good position, take a negative four, negative eight, and try to try to maintain the course. Here's a follow-up question. Since there are so many people leaving right now, if someone was to use their wild card, uh, would it maybe be better to plan for double game week week uh, six instead of four? Since this week is actually going to be played over two weeks, so you're kind of guaranteed to at least have one game from some of these double game week guys, but wild card with six in mind, and then just make some adjustments so that with four trades, you can get to that team. I don't know, man. I that's mean... That, that's what I would do. Yeah, that's but, much, but too much micro? The way, it, the way it's being uh, refereed right now, <laughs> I mean, it's... It's the Wild West out there. This is the most <laughs> random start to a season I've ever seen where L.A. can't win on the road but, like, really lose. And New England can't – I mean, Philly's doing well. Houston's got, like, 30 goals to start the year. The whole thing is off kilter, and I don't know if it's because of the campaigns that are going on right now or something. Something has set the earth on its side. Let's just wait for it to calm down. And then when it writes, you know, writes itself, we can have a, 
a little farther outlook, but I wouldn't be using a wild card to plan three weeks in advance. That's just it's just too many variables right now. So, Andrew, I know you're one who likes to take some risk with minus fours. You did so a week or two ago. What defines a smart minus four to you? Um, basically, to make sure you get 11 players. Um, if there's a last injury report and you only need to make one more transfer, then I think the minus four has hit it. Um, and then double game weeks, I mean... That you you got an extra opportunity to make up those points that you're sacrificing. So I I think that is definitely a risk reward scenario that is definitely more on the reward side. Um, and then I took my minus eight a couple weeks ago. I just got decimated by one. I got like every injured player that happened, and so I just bit the bullet. <clears throat> good. Anybody else have something to add? Well, let's move on to our next question since we're starting to touch on this topic. Uh, Travis, we'll let you give this one a go first. So some people, I know Jay made a post about this on uh, Reddit recently, so some people are questioning that if this double game week is really worth investing heavily in. I mean, we saw D.C. just be sloppy in their game against Colorado. New England, I, I will say they got the red card, so that hurt them early on, but they just didn't put together much as well. Uh, Dallas had that strange Houston game. I guess Vancouver's doing okay, but how would you rate the teams that are playing in this double game week, and do you think they're worth going all in on? Um, so I don't know about going all in on. Uh, I mean, there's, to me, two key guys that you have to have. You have to have Pedro Morales. You have to have Mauro Diaz. Um, and hopefully most players already have them by now. I'm because Dallas, and then after that, as far as rating the teams, Dallas has the best potential, just even solely for the fact that they play five games in the next three game weeks. So if you pick one of those guys up, they're going to have a good chance of, of seeing a lot of minutes, um, as long as they're not getting called up. Uh, and they're playing... Uh, at DC, who DC has been having trouble scoring, and uh, home against Columbus, who Columbus generally hasn't been that great on the road. And Dallas uh, shut out Montreal in Dallas as well. So they've got a good matchup. Vancouver's got a good matchup because they've got two home games against Houston, who have been scoring like crazy. Uh and then L.A., who's been sucking on the road also. So, But with these double game weeks, you just never know. And um, I've already planned to have eight or nine guys. I'm not getting rid of Villa because he's still at home, and he has a pretty good matchup this week uh, against New England, who's given up a ton of goals. Actually, yeah, yeah, they're at home against New England. Would you um, drop Geo? I'm not dropping Geo, uh, just because I won't drop him for a while. Um, so for me, after Morales and Diaz and maybe Castillo uh, and maybe Hedges if you want a big defender, uh, as far as the field players go, it's basically throwing darts. Rudy is probably the best shot. Nagel, uh, Lamar Nagel, uh, Chris Rolfe, Fagundes, maybe. I mean, you just never know. Fagundes goes out there and lays an egg last week. Well, New England, the whole team laid an egg last week. I mean, part of that, <laughs> part of that was was uh, Watson's fault. But I mean, you just never yeah. know what they're gonna do. And yeah. and and you may be better off served, like you guys are saying, picking up. Like, if you don't have him, Valeri, he's got a double game week in six. He plays against Orlando, who've been doing pretty well defensively, but it's frickin' Diego Valeri. He's gonna, he's gonna get six points even if he doesn't score, get an assist. I mean, Piotti plays against Seattle, who Seattle have been 
struggling to <laughs> not to not to kind of add lump on to uh come on Travis Simon's, Simon's oh, words. oh hey Simon yeah um but yeah I mean if you've got a bunch of game week four players that's great if you don't uh I mean unless you don't have Pedro Morales or Mauro Diaz or maybe Castillo or Aruti I wouldn't worry about it too much unless you're willing to take the gamble on one of those other guys and then probably get rid of them unless they're a Dallas player. So. Yeah, I mean, and I would add to that, though. I think this year is the year to really look at double game weeks as, regardless of who the matchup is or who the team is, with the scoring opening up like it is with just, you know, shots and crosses giving you attacking bonuses I think this is just one of those things where just from a pure mathematic standpoint you have to go and say I can take a negative four to bring this guy in because as long as he does X amount of shots or X amount of activity on the field he's going to get that back and plus I'll get a, a bigger return so it's not so much about I me mean, yeah we'd all like to get the goal scorers but I think people who are a little too conservative and stick with too many big names from other teams are going to find themselves kind of left out in the dark on this one. Yeah, I, I, I agree, but, I mean, you have to make sure you pick the guys that, that are getting those bonus points because uh, uh, if you pick one of the guys, even if he gets a double game week, if he gets two shots each game and he gets one cross and 32 passes, then you're not getting any <laughs> no, more... Well, I understand that that point of view, but what I'm saying with this one, when all the stars from the team are out, somebody else is going to have to step up. So maybe those marginal right. players that were sitting there thinking, well, they don't get much activity. Well, when they have to be now the second, the second or first option even, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised with some of these guys that come in and and fill in pretty well. I. I just, yeah, I you, just have to, you just have to guess which one's the right one. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, right. I, I pick my team now by just putting names in a hat and drawing them out because yeah, for all my study, it, yeah, yeah. It, it makes no difference how much you study this, this yeah. first three weeks. No. It's just going to happen when it happens. I, guess, I, think, I think that's why it's called MLS Fantasy, not MLS Payout. So. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that's a different game. Well, somebody's <laughs> paying Tim Howard to come be a goalkeeper, so... Yeah. I so think they're playing MLS really... Fantasy too. Tell you the truth. Oh, I still wish I could have found like a sad Zach McMath post because it's like big announcement and he's just all. Oh. <laughs> Did you see that thing I tweeted about how he's now been replaced by both of the goalkeepers from the U.S. Algeria World Cup game? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't see that. Yeah. That's pretty bad. He just has bad luck. Talk about Poor the Clint Irwin just came out of dodge when it was good. Yeah. Man, yeah. all the luck. Uh, I think you made a very good point, Travis. Dallas is definitely the team to go with, especially since they're also the only team that has a double game week in round four and round six and a home game in between that. So that having four Dallas guys could pay off long run for you in general. But uh, I don't know. Does anybody – Jay, you had that post about about this on Reddit. Do you think that it's worth investing heavily in? <clears throat> Not this week. I think that this is a big trap week, and I think that if you do wild card – uh, before this that you were setting yourself up to fail. Um, I, I'm a huge proponent of having multiple double game week players, but when most of the players you want to have are on the World Cup qualifiers, either the under-23s, under-20s, or the senior team, I'm not, why would I wildcard and do that? And get some random, you know, seven-point players that, yeah, they may play 90 minutes a game, but they're not the stars. They're not going to be scoring consistently for this entire season. Um, for me, like I have Parker and uh, Zimmerman. I'm keeping them, and I'm going to drop Redding for probably for I think it's Co Coelho or Coelho. I think is how you say his name. Um, and I'm actually looking ahead to game week six. Yeah, no. Coel yeah, Coelho. And I'm looking at game week six, seeing you know who I can get now to stack myself up that have multiple double game weeks, you know, like Sporting Kansas City, Vancouver, uh, I mean, Dallas, like, I'm not I'm not getting rid of anybody. So that's, right. and that's, that's my But thought. what I was saying was, yeah, I don't, want, I don't think this is the week to use double game week, but I think this is the week you could feel comfortable taking a minus 8, maybe I agree. even a minus 12. I agree. And um, 
I mean, seriously, because then in game week five, you could even burn your wild card and just be set one one week six. ahead for that double game week. And if somebody gets injured, then you can swap them out with your free transfers. So yeah, I think twelve is. I think negative twelve is a little much of a stretch. I think that eight is is max what you should get, what you should uh, go. So if you're listening to this podcast, you basically have to decide who do you like more, <laughs> me or, or Jay. And I think. I think um, after all that Yura Yura BS... Um, he scored. Shut up. Yeah, you have no right to talk. He scored. More people like me than you right now because you're a homer, bro. You are a fantasy folk hero, so... There's... I keep time. That's my job. I keep time. You're a it's fantasy... Not people can't keep time. Official fantasy timekeeper. Uh, yeah, well, it will definitely be an interesting uh, set of circumstances for this double game week. And I will point out, some people have brought this up, and I think it is very important we mention this. We talked a lot about the uncertainty of rosters last week. This double game week is unlike most. It's spread out over two entire weeks because of this international break. So the chance of rotation is probably less. I don't know about DC. They're still kind of crazy. But um, the, the normal chance of a midweek game and the guys not having enough time to rest before an end-of-week game is definitely reduced by this being spread out over two weeks. So the chance of that rotation, much, much reduced. So that is not as big of a worry. But I do like Jason's idea of at least going for that one game you're going to get and not going too crazy in on this. Now, I think some problem that people have had is that there's lots of guys who are performing really well, and we just didn't expect them, which, which is great from a value point of view, um, and a lot of them have been low-owned, especially at the beginning, so it's been great for differentials. Uh, but this is just three weeks in, and we're eventually they're going to go down to the to the middle, just like we expect them to. So double game week aside, which hot players are currently performing on an unsustainable level? I think Andrew's already talked some about this before. Yeah, I, I wrote an article about this last week, and... Basically, the magic number for attackers is anybody over about 25 points or so probably going to regress to the mean, with the exception of probably Giovinco. And for defenders, it's anybody above about 18 points, 19 points, somewhere in there. Um, and so that, that really narrows it down for us. And basically, the guys that are definitely 100% unsustainable production are guys like Wenger and Bruin and Fagundes and McGee and Sapong that either don't have guaranteed playing time um, or they just don't have the history of long-term sustainable fantasy production. Um, guys like Piotti and Diaz and Valeri and Akam and Giovinco and Larine and Addy, all of them are going to be fine in the long run. They've they've built up enough rapport with us now to, to feel comfortable with them. Um, they're probably not going to continue producing at the same rate that they have been, but you can feel pretty safe that they're, they're still going to do well. Um, a couple guys that are kind of in the question mark column for me are Plata, um, who I really like, and if he can keep taking some of these set pieces for RSL. I, I think he'll probably um, do pretty well this year. Uh, Pedro Morales, he's scoring goals off of PKs, um, making me cry, <laughs> making Simon cry, I'm sure. Yeah, what the um, hell? <clears throat> um, so I, I definitely am going to bring him in this week simply for the double. Uh, but beyond that, I'm not so sure what he's going to be doing. What about some defenders like, you know, Coelho, Simon? I mean, Fabinho has defied all odds being a, you know, a wingback scoring, you know, 13 points last week. Five Anybody from Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do like Simon to keep up producing at roughly the same rate that he has been. Um, Coelho kind of be seen. Um, he's got four passing bonus points and all of those were in weeks where their opponent got a red card. So that makes passing a little bit easier. Um, Good point. Yeah, and the rest of his bonus production hasn't been great, but somebody brought up a point earlier uh, that that's probably because the other teams weren't attacking as much because they were down a man. So I'm, I'm going to wait until... I mean, I've had him since week one on my team, and I'm definitely keeping him through his double game week on week six or whenever that is. Um, so I I could see bringing him in now, 
not not an issue there at all. He's a good value too. Yeah, he is. Seven point eight. Yeah, not not bad at all for for a center back up there. Who could get some more involvement with with Beasley being gone? Exactly. You never know. You never know. Well, that's all that I had planned for our discussion before we get to some question and picks. Anything else you guys want to add before we move on? About any yeah. other questions you've seen? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so there were a ton of people asking, do I drop even shits? Do I drop no. question? And I kept responding, don't drop players on a home game. And they both proved the point that you keep your players on a home game. Um, and a lot of people are looking at it wrong, in my opinion. A lot of people are saying, these guys aren't performing, i got to drop them. But the way to think about it is, who's performing and that I want to add? Find those players, and then you look at your team and say, okay, who can I drop from my team to get in these guys that I really, really want? I think that's, in the long run, going to help us get more points than thinking about, oh, this guy's garbage. And then, surprise, question gets double-digit points. Yes. Because right. we know that they have quality to them. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Andrew is well, so smart. Ask... This is perfect. I wish I would have thought of a way to eloquently say that. And Andrew is brilliant. Pay attention to that man. <laughs> Record that for a promo. Andrew, let me ask you this. I know we're not to the picks yet, but um, what if you have somebody like a, like a David Villa who's got a home game, but then you have Dom Dwyer also playing home with the double game week coming in two weeks and playing an RSL defense that does not have Olave. That's walking around on a crutcher. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily have that same problem because I'm still not owning Giovinco, so I've got that extra forward slot because um, Giovinco is away for five more weeks. Um, in, in that case, it's kind of tough. If they're both on home games, it, I don't know. I I would probably not do it and use my transfer elsewhere, because um, most likely I the difference between them and the difference between whatever other transfer you have potentially is probably going to be smaller. So it's probably better used elsewhere. Right on. Good. And I'm going to mention one thing before we move on. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of brew and hate in the world, and I just I just I I don't like it. He's He's doing good this year, guys. He's he's trying so hard. Yo, can so I? And maybe and, and maybe this is just not not going to be his his regression back toward the meantime, but it's going to be his just rise into what he was meant to no. be. Yo, no, no, I have I have no. I have an argument in favor of Will Bruin that is stats based. So Will Bruin creates a ton of chances. If you look at chance creation metrics, he creates a ton. He's actually done this for the last few years. The problem has been that his conversion rate is really low. So I think he's always been a decent option, and especially with the new point system where you get points just for shooting, Bruin <laughs> is actually a pretty decent option. I don't necessarily know if I would pick him up, but I think he's a legit option. He's definitely overperformed so far. Like, it's not sustainable no matter who you are to perform at that level. But Bruin seems like a decent option to me just based on his past uh, chance creation performance. The entire Houston attack is outperforming. <laughs> right. That's the... at like a three times rate than what last year's season average was. And it's just unsustainable. They're going to crash soon. It, it's a dream. It's a dream. Well, and we all know that Bruin goes on his streaks. He'll he'll get hot for three or four games, and then just you know shit the bed for four or five more. That's just so, Bruin. so you're saying you're saying there's one more game then. Maybe. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, personally, I I love the dancing bear, but I you know when he's hot, you ride him, and then after that, drop him. I'll have to say that. Will Bruin has saved two of my three draft team leagues uh, games so far, so holla. Yeah, I'm pretty pissed about that. I picked up uh, Kubo, and he has got one point so far. Garbage. <laughs> Absolute garbage. Wait, Wait, I guess we should check with... He showed up last game. Oh, right, right. Yeah. I think he played for like five minutes, something like that, yeah. which, I, which I don't get how you don't start. Hey, that's, that's a great value for five minutes, getting a point. 
That's, uh, that's pretty good points <laughs> for Ivy there. It is, it is. I guess yeah. before we move on, we'll get one more weigh-in on Will Bruin from our resident Houston fan, Travis. Um, I agree that I don't think the goal rate he's at right now is sustainable, but Houston attacks looked pretty strong, and it may... I mean, it'll probably regress. I mean, they're not going to score three to five goals every game, but uh, they might surprise some people and score more than than they have in the past. Better sure. when Maidana's back. Yeah, oh yeah. Definitely better. But Winger's been playing above and beyond what I think anybody expected so far. Even his mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, so sad, so sad. All right, well, that's what we have for the discussion. Now we're going to move on to our picks for this round, and so we're going to kick this off with Keepers and Defenders. So my pick, no one is going to be surprised for goalkeeper, is Bobby Shuttleworth. Uh, whatever, last week, I guess my faith in the guy paid off. Penalty saves are kind of lucky, not like an actual thing. <laughs> and kind of a lot lucky. <laughs> but, two. but, yo, Shuttleworth has been legit. He's got a double game week. You want the Bobby. That's my uh, goalkeeper pick. <laughs> Defender pick, uh, I think it might be easier to say, like, None of them, really, because a lot of the defenders you'd want to keep and are called up, like Tim Parker or uh, Zimmerman. I think that's what you said last week was they are all suck. Right. Like, I, I think they're you pretty bad. You don't even have, like, a, a differential pick for us or a, uh, a bargain. But what, what about a bargain? I think, I think I'm probably going to actually just um, pick up hedges. I don't know if I can swing it financially, but I like the double game week guys. So if you could pick up, like, one of either hedges or feral, I think you'd be wise to do so. Um, otherwise, I, I think you might be looking at, at a bunch of not very good options. Maybe one of the cheaper guys on DC. I don't really know what's going to happen when Burnbaum is called up. Because um, Burnbaum's called up, but will he get back in time? Will he get back in time to play the second game? So maybe that would mean Opare or somebody would would pick up a double game week. I don't think so. It seems kind of risky to me, so I don't think I'm going to do it. But Maybe that's a, okay. a pick for somebody who you could go with. Fair enough. Yeah, for me, um, I I like uh, Tim. Uh, is it Malia? Melia? I like. Malia. Yeah, I think that Malia. I think that he's a he's a solid pickup. He looked good this last week. Uh, he's playing at home against RSL away at New York, and then he's got a double against Colorado at home, and then away at Dallas. Um, so I really like uh, him as a keeper and then as a defender. I really um, <clears throat> I think that Kemp is underrated uh, from D.C. Uh, for this double game week. I think that at 7.6, he'll, uh, I think he'll put up some pretty decent numbers. His defending bonuses have been pretty consistent, um, but I think that um, he'll do well. And that's really the only picks that I have. Okay, I'm gonna go with uh, Gonzalez in the back because I already got him. And depending on international call-ups, I'll swing somebody in there who's got a double game week. But I'm I'm in Simon's boat. I I absolutely loathe defenders in fantasy. So as long as they're available and they have a pulse and they're guaranteed to play, I'll probably pick somebody up on the cheap. <laughs> give me th give me one name, one value pick. Um, if Tierney isn't called up or he isn't injured, That's I think like uh, eight million. Yeah, well, for, but for a loner, I mean, for a loner guy, I mean, I think that's if I had to pick one guy, Tierney would be my guy because he's on free kicks and they, I mean, they can't be crap for every game, so he'd be my guy. Right. Um, so I've got Osted in goal, and that's been pretty poor so far, but. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping that changes soon. Uh, I picked up Tim Parker at the beginning of the season, and uh, I'm, I'm probably going to play him even though he's only got one game for the call-up. Um, and then I've got Hedges and Kemp. So I stuck with Hedges just because I figured he wasn't going to get called up, and I knew he was guaranteed uh, to probably most likely start both. 
and I wanted someone from Dallas, and so that was my pretty much my only option. So there you go. So for me, for keeper, basically just stick with who you got. Um, if you listen to this podcast, chances are pretty good you have one of the double game week keepers. So just stick with them. Um, for defenders, I'm going with one of the New England guys. Um, I've had Farrell in my team for a couple weeks now, so I'm staying with him. But I think Gonzalez is another good pick. Um, they're the most intact defensive unit. Um, so I, I like that, the consistency of not having to worry about the shuffle on defense that all the other teams are having to deal with right now because of all the call-ups that are happening. So sticking with them. Um, I'll probably end up bringing in Kemp as well. Um, simply because I, I think DC is probably the next team that has the least shuffle. So those are my two guys. Very good. Very good. So moving on to midfielders, uh, we have a quick question that I'd like for you guys to answer first before you give me your picks. So is it better to have five midfielders or three forwards? Jay. Yeah, I'm... I like the five, uh, the like the three-five-two. I've been playing that this season. I normally like three forwards, but right now um, I think the midfielders have produced more points, especially with the with the new pricing structure. Like I said in the very beginning, you can literally load up. I mean, you can have Question, Diaz, Valeri, Akam, and Paralis, and Giovinco and Villa up top. So to me, that it just makes more sense to have the midfielders, especially with the new BPs, um, all of the you know the new points and everything like that. Uh, I'm sticking with the five-man midfielder until someone loses form or until I just feel like maybe I need to switch it up. But I like the five-man midfielder over everything else. Who are your picks? Oh, I'm sorry. My picks, um, obviously Pedro Morales. I think that he is. Uh, uh, I've had him in since game week one, and he's done great for me um, and the other one is uh, Diego Valeri he's just too good not to have in your lineup and obviously the you know Mauro Diaz as well but those three must-haves yeah I'm in the same boat I mean I'm not in the same boat I, I think that three forwards is always the way to go because um, I just I just roll that way and uh, I'm dropping Piotti for Perales and I swear to God, if, <laughs> if Piotti goes off in garbage-ass Seattle and Paralis just does some normal, you know, 2-2, I'm going to be real upset. But I'm going to go Paralis, Valeri, Diaz, and uh, I'm taking Nagel as my uh, my little differential, maybe not-so-great pick there. So that means you're going to also captain... Pedro Morales, so that you can then rage quit sell him at the end, right? No, I think in keeping with my rage, um, my rage sell threat to my forwards, I think I may actually captain uh, uh, Rivero. Oh, wow! We'll get, we'll get to that in a second. But Travis, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm playing Pedro Morales. I'm playing Mario Diaz. Um, I have a common in my midfield right now, so he's going to probably make way for. Valeri, uh, and then I've also got Fagundes, and he's been doing crap, but I'm going to keep him for the double game week and then get rid of him. And are you five forwards or three, five midfielders or three forwards? I'm currently playing five midfielders, but I've got Lava, who has also been playing crap, and I will <laughs> also get rid of him as soon as this double game week's over. So I think the five midfielders versus three forward debate is kind of irrelevant in a way. Um, stick with what you've got right now. There's no sense in wasting a transfer to switch between the two right now, in my opinion. Um, because really we're just comparing whoever that last player is. So if we're comparing Rivero to Nagel or Fagundes, they're probably pretty close, so I don't think it really matters all that much. Um, so as far as my picks go for midfielders, uh, Diaz and Perales are definitely must-have guys. Um, beyond that, I'm probably just sticking with Valeri and maybe even sticking with Kleshton as well. I'm sticking with the stash for sure. 
Uh, Simon. Yeah, I think I have a basically the same opinion on the midfielders. I do have five, but I think it doesn't matter at all, um, which I think I've been pretty consistent in saying throughout the podcast because I feel like that question, people still have it a lot, and we, we try and do our best to convince them one way or the other. But I'm it gets a lot with, of upvotes on Reddit, so yeah, I can always keep asking it. Yeah, I'm sticking with it doesn't matter, and maybe people should focus on finding the best players rather than positions. Shots fired. Um, Amen. A, my picks are Diaz and Morales, and I don't think there's any of the other double game week players that are that great. I might pick one up, picking between Rolf and Nagel right now. I think either one of those DC guys you could do well for, but I'll go with Rolf as my pick. So my, my official picks are Morales and Diaz and Rolf because of Rolf's performance in previous years. And with Espindola, I believe, injured, that would leave Rolf to take some penalty kicks. Oh, I think Espindola's like back now. I think he got he some playing time. Wait, last he's week. back? Yeah. But he got he only yeah. got thirty one minutes. Yeah. He's, he's not gonna fully half, yeah. scored, he's not gonna he? fully start, is he? Hmm. Okay, that's uh, something to think about. I was I was under the impression <laughs> that he would not be fully starting because he's not back to full fitness. But if he is already, I saw he played 31 minutes. Hmm. I'll yeah. still go they with could, Rolf. They could over rest N- him one game, so you never know. I'd still go with Rolf over Nagel, though, just because of past performance. Uh, Rolf has been a bit better. Okay. And a super, super secret pick Caldwell. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so our forwards. And again, quick question, and then you can give me your picks. So, should I have my forwards play my defenders during a double game week? Guy. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, is it Doesn't ideal? No, but as long as you're getting some shots on goal, and they're not going to play them back to back weeks, so on that one week where it's an or it's an issue, just hope for a, you know some defending bonuses and attacking bonuses to balance it out, and then move on from there. I don't think that should be your main concern when picking, um, you know, your defenders and your forwards. Just pick the best player in each position that you that you think you can get. And then for my picks, um, let's see. I'm going to go Rudy Rivero. And I'm going to stick with Javinko because Colorado is still garbage, Colorado. And I think <laughs> Javinko could score double game week points um, all by himself. Unless, you know, yeah, especially because, yeah, Altador got called up, right? So yeah. take the donkey out of the equation, put it on um, <laughs> Javinko's shoulders again, and we're good. Um, yeah, so for me, I currently have no double game week forwards. Uh, the only one I think I would probably consider would be Aruti. Um, but that means I would have to get rid of David Villa or Giovinco. And, uh, like Guy said, I think Gio's definitely capable of producing double game week points on any given week, especially against Colorado. And David Villa playing at home against New England, who's given up probably about, what, about three goals per game, give or take. Uh, Yeah, I I might just keep those two guys up top and not play any double game with players. Fair enough. I do think Arudi is a must-have, and he's the only must-have forward this week. Um, If you've got somebody like Villa or Giovinco... You can go ahead and keep them. Um, Thanks, man. I appreciate it. You all have my permission. Um, I'm finally, after a year and three weeks, on the Lauren, Lorene, however you say his name. Lauren. Lauren, You're you're worse than Reed. Jeez. Yes. I don't know about that. I'm I'm finally ready to say he's a real soccer player, and I believe in him. So, So wait, are you saying that he is soccer? What? Did you not see those Heineken commercials? <laughs> no. They had one no, with Landon as well, which I guess, is he really soccer anymore? Wait, but Laren's called up. Oh, wait, he'll be back in time, won't he? I keep forgetting that these call-ups like, will not affect anybody except for the double game with teams. Very true. All I'm right, so you got a Rudy the... and maybe Laren? Um, maybe. I'm probably going to end up going with Ribeiro simply because of the double. But okay. yeah. And now, Simon, your turn. So my forward picks for the week are Via and Rudy. 
I think via at home against New England. New England has not been like super stellar defensively, even though I preached the Shuttleworth magic. Um, I think New England will be good defensively, but any game that you have at Yankee Stadium is going to produce some scoring, and my my liking of the um, New England defense is more based on their double game week, and I think their overall talent. But I would go with Villa and then Arudi. Dallas has been good. Arudi is a good player. Why not have good players from good teams on double game weeks? Seems smart. And Jay. Yeah, I'm not getting any double game week forwards. Um, I have Giovinco. I have David Villa. Uh, to make what I need to work, I need to drop David Villa, um, and I think I'll be doing that for Dom. If I can swing it somehow by keeping David Villa for this week, I will. But um, I think Giovinco, Villa, and Dom Dwyer are great options this week. Very nice. Nice little spread there. God, I so, wish I was playing you in head-to-head this week. <laughs> so I'm going to sum up what I think for our must-haves and what I've heard. I think everyone's on board with Pedro Morales and Diaz as the two must-have midfielders for this round. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. And then I know that Andrew also said Rudy as the forward. Does anybody else agree with that one as, as a must-have, or is that I just don't. for Andrew? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I have him. I've had him since the beginning. I think he's going to be a must-have player for quite a long time, not just for this week. Really? Interesting. Yep. So if we have identified three must-have players for this round, the majority of people are going Pedro Morales, Diaz, and Rudy. It's like two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> two and a half. All right. Well, if you're looking at must-have players, those are the three guys to look at from the ish majority of this right. podcast. And so finally for our picks, let's go with captains. Um, Diaz, there's really no other choice. He's super consistent on all the set pieces, high bonus, probably taking some PKs if they get him. It, it's Diaz all day, every day. Okay. It is indeed that Diaz. High ceiling, high floor. Diaz is better. Also, on the merit of, um, I'm going to try and persuade people against Pedro Morales. He is going to get a red card this week, even though I have him on my team, because <laughs> wow. he got is, Mark, is Mark Geiger, he got Mark Geiger karma way too way too positive, so somebody has to balance it out. It's all Mark Geiger's fault. Blame him. He's horrible. That's <laughs> you, Jay. I was actually going to say uh, Pedro Morales. Um, I do. I, I think it's between Pedro Morales or. Um, uh, Diaz. I, I want to go, like, my heart says Diaz, my head says Diaz, but I just want to go with Pedro. I don't know why. Because you just got to love a man named Morales. <laughs> Maybe that's it. <laughs> Maybe that's it. What about you, Guy? Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to captain Rivera. a forward. So either either Rivera or Rudy. Haven't really decided yet. And Travis. Um... Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and Captain Fagundes. Whoa. No, you're not. No, you're not. I'm, I'm <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> no, it's too late. I wrote it down. It's going to be in the picture. <laughs> Please. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm Captain Diaz. <laughs> I was like, well, like, if you really do that. Sneaky, sneaky. Great. One last question before we get to our little fun stuff. Uh, I see a lot of people talk about differentials, and I know it's a special place in Jay's heart, but some people get pretty vicious about even the idea of going for a differential because I guess in really it's a guy that you don't think is going to really necessarily score well but might score well. So uh, let's let you start this one off, Andrew, see if anybody else has a, an opinion. When, if ever, is it time to look for differentials in MLS Fantasy? I think it really depends on what your goal is for the game itself. If you're just trying to place as high as you can and do as well as you can, the answer is never. If you are trying to win first place or second place, or you're trying to catch up in a head-to-head league or something like that, um, then the answer is now. If, if you have a guy that you believe in enough um, every single week, then you can go for it. Like for me, my overall goal is to win first place. Everything below that is just kind of whatever. Um, and so I went without Giovinco the first couple weeks. Um, it's bit me in the ass a little bit, but I'm, I'm <laughs> sitting in my guns. 
over the eight-week period, I'm, I'm still crossing my fingers and hoping that my rotation strategy will work out. Um, so I guess my answer is it really depends on what your overall goal is. Okay. I'm going to throw another opinion in there. Differentials, because I'm on the differentials are stupid side of thing. Because everyone has, so everyone has different players on their team, right? So just by virtue of picking the best 11 players in the game, you have differentials over everyone else. And if you don't have differentials, that means that everyone has the same 11 players, in which case you're already guaranteeing yourself a tie by having the best 11 players. Right, but most people, but most people have a template team of the exact same midfield or the exact same forwards, or at least two out of the three defense. You know, Good. defenders. Most people have the same keepers. And so, the point of a different on on average, with every person who deviates from the best players, I'm going to beat them by more because they are picking worse players. But so, that's see, the, but the but the point is, is having you have your template team, and then you're one or you know based on game weeks since we have two free transfers. That's why you can get at least one differential. So, like for me, I brought in Pedro Morales game week one because Kaká and uh, Kaká was injured. He was 1.3 percent owned. He's been he's been quietly getting. Uh, I want to say, let me see. He's been quietly getting worse. Uh, so, 10, 10. 10.7 points and 11 points. How, like he's how is that a differential well. rather than how is that a differential? Because it's one because he's one point three percent owned. Okay, but are you picking him because he's one point three percent owned or because he's the best yes. player? And would it would well, it change both, if more people both. owned him? It, it it's 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 both though. It's it's a fact. I mean, just because Laren was twenty percent owned, yeah, he's a great player and that's great. But I didn't pick him up. So I didn't I didn't I didn't want him. But Pedro Morales was was fantastic two years ago, decent last year, but no one wanted to pick him up because he didn't have a year like he did in two thousand thirteen. So everyone was scared. I thought he would do well this year. A lot of people didn't have uh, Valeri because he got injured last year. I picked him up because I knew he would be good. They were foolish. That's that's a differential. So, I mean, you know, it's everyone would, has their different opinions on it. I just think that if you want to be first, you're going to need to have a differential here and there to, to beat the template teams. When RSL and Seattle fight, we all win. Right. I'm just trying to argue, though. <laughs> I think we're hey, arguing but the, totally but the difference different is RSL things. wins. We're so. we're arguing different things though. It's like a differential is a player that you're picking solely based on the fact that nobody else owns them, right? Sure. So if you're why that you, you think will also do well. Right. Exactly. So favorable fixtures, matchups. I just don't understand why the conversation isn't solely why are you why, like pick the best exact players, no matter who those players are, because what you want is the best score, better than anyone else. And so ownership shouldn't really mean anything in terms of well, unless it, it you're in a head-to-head -head it's, it's really it's, it's, a, it's a bet. I mean, if you went to the horse track and just bet the favorite every time, you'd win, you know, 10 cents on every bet. So you're always looking for that differential, that underdog who's going to outperform the favorite for the day. The, the thing with fantasies, people get hung up on keeping a differential for the long haul. A differential really ideally should just be a, one to a two spot week starter for one for one exactly. week, really, um, that you can ship out the next week when he's not going to be serviceable anymore. So if you're looking at Javinko right now as, okay, everybody owns him, but I really feel that Rivera will be better this week two times opposed to him being one time, you'd ship out Javinko, bring in Rivera, and then next week you'd bring Javinko right back in. So that, that's kind of the theory behind the whole thing is, is when people start thinking that differentials are a long-term solution, that's garbage. A differential should only ever be thought of as a short-term, one-week solution. Right. So a short-term so, short guy with a, a low floor but a high potential ceiling? Yeah. I guess my argument there is that, like, if you're doing things for one week so you don't have enough transfers in Fantasy MLS or even, like, if we... Was, stretch it out to fantasy premier league you don't get enough transfers to like make it worth it in terms of your you forcing, get all the transfers you you're want man forcing yourself costing. to take minus fours and so even if your differential scores on average like four points better than everyone else you're only coming ahead even if it's forcing you to take an extra minus four or two and so but you don't i don't think, think, think it's bizarre to, for, for a one-week starter though but you don't take negatives for a differential. That's just dumb because you have to account for the negative points plus the points that they're going, and you're probably realistically maybe going to break even at best. Right. Like but, I said, the, the, but the point of a differential is to deviate from the template team. 
everyone has there, there there is a template. I mean, everyone has Diaz, everyone had Acom, everyone has Giovinco, everyone has Via, everyone has Laren. Everyone doesn't have those players though, right? If you look at their ownership, it's not a hundred percent. It's they're all below like thirty or forty percent, and so still more than half of the people don't have all of them, and so. I don't see why it's about ownership percentage rather than so, just who you think is so going to me, be best so, and long haul planning. Can let, I add, let, let Travis talk. Um, I think for me, when I hear people talking about differentials, they're, they're talking about adding players or removing players solely for the fact that everybody else has them. And that's where I don't like differentials is picking someone only because nobody has them or not having someone because everybody has them. That shouldn't be why you make a differential. You make a differential pick because you think that player is going to score more points. The goal is to put the 11 players on your team every week that score the most number of points. It matters not what any other team scores as long as your team scores the most points. Well, this has gotten a lot more heated than I thought I'm it would be. I'm all fired up right now. Up right now. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to take this to Twitter, maybe get a poll going for that. So lots lots of hot opinions on uh, differentials, uh, but we're going to try to wrap this up really quick, though. I thought that was uh, a fun good. argument. Well, yeah. it's good. I, I, I yeah, yeah, no, discussion. To, to no, Twitter, no, Twitter. I have, one, I have one, one thing to say, Reed. One thing real quick. Hey, all right. My differentials last week scored 38 points. Okay. The, the average points were, what, 50? So just out of my differentials would have been more, you know, three-quarters of that. So I think that differentials matter, and they do well. So suck it, Simon. My okay. team got 84 last JT week. Simon was better than on, all on of Twitter, yours. So. I, love you. I love you, friend. I love you, too. All right. Community time. Here we go. Community time. I don't have any fun team names this week. I just have to cut that so we can make sure this wraps up because Simon gets a little testy when we run long like we did tonight, but uh, <laughs> partly his fault. I'm so, fired up. Uh, the r slash fantasy MLS top score this week goes to uh, the manager, Seraphim. Ha! Bet you guys thought I was going to butcher that name. Uh, manager of uh, SC Royale with 99 points. Not nice. too bad considering the average and what all of us scored and that the top score overall was 109. So congrats, Seraphim. Well played. Well played. Uh, at some point, we got to wait for the r slash fantasy guys to start making it into the top overall points. Have it has not happened yet, so looking forward to that. Uh, the update for the MLSFI head-to-head league. Uh, well, let's just start at the top there, and it looks like Simon just demolished everybody this week. What up? Uh, Simon, did you beat... Uh, Mr. Guy Sanchez, 84 to 78. So that's pretty good. <sighs> Guy did pretty well, though, like compared to other people, too. That was a tough one. Uh, Andrew, yours was a little bit little bit uh, tighter against older goaler, uh, 79 to 67. That's, that's still pretty respectable. And then we got, oh, the game of the week. Uh. Travis versus me. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> 61 to 73. I was I was pretty disappointed in my score, but that that made my night better. I'm glad to hear it. Anything I can do <laughs> to make your night better. Travis is sad sack. It is. I'm gonna have to change my team name because they've now gone 0 and 3. Are you gonna uh, <laughs> fancy sorrows? But yeah. What was uh, it? Pool of fancy sorrows. Something hashtag, like that. Something hashtag. like that. So. Um, so we have uh, Ivan from uh, Fantasy Football First that took on uh, Mike that Tiger and he lost. Mike got 75 big points. So way to way to represent there, Mike. Uh, then my buddy Steve, who's who I brought in to try to help get just just get some more of my friends involved in, in MLS, uh, got smashed again to Fantasy Football First, which or Fantasy Football 24/7. My 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 fault. Sorry guys. Uh, likes to talk some smack Fantasy Football 24/7. There. Uh, you are three and O, but you only had 69 points, and most of us would have beaten you this round. Sorry. Except for me. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, Ben Bear, the the great MLS uh, editor that we have there, lost to Jason, 64 to 80. Nice. No, it wasn't. He didn't get lost. He or he didn't. Lose. He got stomped. <laughs> gauntlet. Gauntlet thrown. Uh, so that's how it's shaping up in our league. It's been pretty fun so far. I hope you guys enjoy getting those updates. Uh, we'll have to do a little bit better work on our trash talk before the games start this next round, I think. 
Uh, so that's all that I have for this round. Do you guys have any plugs? Uh, yeah. I'm still doing my podcast. I'm still going every week. People thought I wouldn't do it, but uh, go to SportingSanchez.com, and you can get my podcast. I'm going to write that down right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm kind of a – I don't get any love from my American friends. A lot of Europeans Thank listen you. to me, so thanks, guys. I will give you some love. I will give you some love. SportingSanchez.com, do it. We'll link it in the – if this was a YouTube video, I'd say in the comments below. It's a lot of swearing and drunken rambling about sports, so... Even better. Right yeah. better than my house. Yeah, it's great. Uh, well, I guess I will say that there'll be some more articles coming out on MLSsoccer.com uh, that I and, I guess, Travis will also have. I have the week off. Oh, Travis has the week off. Well, so, I'll have no some articles. Um, with hope some of the picks that I have will be a little bit better than they were last round. Uh, again, I will say you can't count on that red card from New England happening. That was just just tragic. Uh, also, as I mentioned at midway through the show, please check out our Patreon website, and if you'd like to become a patron to help support the podcast, we would be thrilled, and we'll do what we can to uh, help you feel more involved at every moment. Anybody else? I think we yeah. got some more articles coming up on Fantasy Boss. Yeah, you can find my stuff on MLSFantasyBoss.com. Um, I usually write one, maybe two a week. Uh, it's pretty much always stats-focused stuff because that's what I do. And I also want to give a shout-out to Jaywoo and his website, MLSFantasyViz.com. Definitely. Uh, it's got some great, great resource there. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, go over there and look at, the, look at that awesome resource. Yeah, Jaywoo was one of our hosts last season. I just didn't have the time to be able to do it this year. So, yes, yes, Fantasy Viz is a great place. Yeah, good dude and even better site. All right, well, that's all that we have for you tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in for this little bit longer than normal episode, uh, but I hope you enjoyed the conversation and learned something, and good luck.